Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, April 5th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. And I'm the theater throwback's Daniela Parcel. James, you went over to the... I don't know. Is it still the Helen Hayes Theater? There's the they've no, kind of taken the Helen they, off of it. it. Why? Why did that happen? I you well, know, it's called the Hayes now. Uh, officially, which is dumb. officially in the IBDB, it's now listed as the Hayes, which totally screws up my database at Broadway Stars. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a pain in the butt. Apparently, eventually, Second Stage is going to license the name of the show. But in the meantime, there's a, been a, quite a few people, Howard Sherman and and the Interval, talking about why they would get rid of the first name on the theater when it's one of the few Broadway theaters named after a woman. Um, so boo to that. Uh, put the Helen back up there. But anyway, you saw Lobby Hero last night. Quick review. I know I think Peter and Michael talked about it on Sunday. But real quick, I think you enjoyed yourself, right? Yeah, I loved Lobby Hero. What a uh, great show, great way for second stage to kick off uh, the ownership of the Helen Hayes Theater. And uh, I definite two thumbs up recommendation. Everybody should go see it. Really great yeah, cast it, and a great show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, go just to see Captain America's mustache alone. Um, <laughs> Anyway, before we get into the news, we also want to send a hearty congratulations to everybody over at the Al Hirschfeld Theater, because last night, the Kinky Boots and the musical uh, celebrated five years on Broadway. What a great accomplishment. I remember early on when people didn't think this would last, you know, through the summer of its first year and then after it won Best Musical and people have been calling for its demise pretty much ever since but last night they celebrated five years on broadway wayne brady is currently returned to the role of lola and uh, american idol season seven winner, seven winner david cook is now playing charlie price and pentatonics uh, kirsten maldonado is playing lauren so it sounds like a great cast over there congratulations to everybody currently and formally involved with the kinky boots and uh, what a great accomplishment. I, it's one of those things where you, I don't feel like it's been around that long, but five years is a long time for a show, any show to be running on Broadway. Sure. And uh, that is great. Cause uh, you know, it does, it didn't come in with um, big fanfare and big stars and, and uh, it has really made it. And it's, and it goes to show you that hopefully Good triumph, evil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's evil in this. I mean, are you saying Matilda was evil? Is that what you're saying? Well, you know the Mamma Mia's and those. Oh, okay. That, you know. They, I mean, that one ran for like 87 years, but yeah. Exactly. But you know, this this goes to prove that good shows can run on Broadway without having to have, you know, a chandelier, a turntable, or a helicopter type of thing yeah anyway uh let's get on to the news stars are announced for the world premiere of moulin rouge the musical yeah yesterday producers announced the principal casting for the moulin rouge stage adaptation which will reopen the legendary emerson colonial theater in boston this summer from june 27th through august 5th now from last year's lab we had an inkling that tony winner karen olivo and aaron tevate might be involved because they sent out a press release saying they were involved with a lab but no confirmation of them for the world premiere but in fact yesterday it has now been confirmed that the pair 
lateral play to star-crossed lovers of Satine and Christian when the show hits Boston later this year. However, what we didn't know, what we had no idea was coming down the pipe, but is quite exciting nonetheless. Those two will be joined by 74-time Tony nominee Danny Burstein, who will play Harold Zidler, the role played by the great Jim Broadbent in the film. He's the... Um, the owner of the Moulin Rouge Theater, where Satine is a performer. Um, if you are unfamiliar with this movie, let me just tell you that Danny Burstein is going to be singing like a virgin uh, at some point in the show. And that is everything you need to know about how great of casting this is. So very excited about that. But that's not all. They will be joined by Fela Tony nominee oh, Sa Nguja. Thank you. As Toulouse-Lautrec, Tam Mutu as the Duke, Ricky Rojas as Santiago, and Robin Herter as Nini. Tickets are on sale now and pretty much gone. If you are just hearing this and haven't got your tickets, sorry. Uh, the show will be directed by the very, very increasingly busy Alex Timbers and will feature choreography by Sonia Taya with a book by Tony winner John Logan. This show is slated to come to Broadway after this summer's Boston run, but there is no official timetable that has been announced or confirmed, and that's partially because the producers behind this show are also working on the King Kong musical, which will begin performances at the Broadway Theater in October. And rumors are that they don't want to have two shows competing against each other during the same season. Now, guys, I was already super excited about this before any casting was announced. But then we got Olivo and Tevate. And then we got Danny Burstein and some other great people, too. So I... I'm so all in with this. I, I'm, I think I'm coming back to New York in June, and it was getting kind of close to that June 27th date in Boston. So I was like, do I want to sneak in a trip down to Boston to see one of the first previews? But I figured I'll wait till it gets to Broadway. But this cast is fantastic. I can't wait to see it wherever that might end up being. This is quite the cast, and uh, it's very exciting. We're going to have a great new musical with people who are very talented. So yay for us. All right. Uh, the 33rd annual Lortel Award nominations were announced yesterday. Yes, the Broadway or the Off-Broadway League announced the nominations for the 33rd annual Lucille Lortel Awards on Wednesday. We already know that Tony winner Laura Benanti and her TBS TV show The Detour co-star Jason Jones, they will co-host the ceremony on May 6th at NYU's Skirball Center. And as if to answer the prayers that I made when the hosting pair was announced, yesterday we also found out that the ceremony will be live-streamed for the first time ever on Playbill.com. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Um, leading all of the shows and nominations was K-pop, the immersive Korean pop music show that uh, ran an extended run last fall that had nine nominations. And it was followed by the musical Bella, an American tall tale in the straight play. I believe it was at New York Theater Workshop. Mary Jane. Both of those shows had six nominations apiece. Now, let me run through some of the bigger categories here. Outstanding play. The nominees are Cost of Living, Miles for Mary, Pipeline, Schoolgirls or the African Mean Girls play and The Treasurer. Outstanding musical, Bella and American Tall Tale, Desperate Measures, 100 Days, Jerry Springer, The Opera, and K-Pop. Best Revival, cover earmuffs, little kids, uh, Fucking A, 
in the blood, which is interesting because those were performed in rep, but they are separate shows, both nominated individually for best river for outstanding revival. Then we had Jesus hopped the a train, the government inspector and torch song outstanding solo show. There will just be two shows competing for this award. Billy Crudup and Harry Clark and Leslie Margarita and who's holiday. Then in the lead actor in a play category, we'll, sh- we'll have Sean uh, Carvajal, Peter Friedman, uh, Chuck Woody, Iwuji, Namir Smallwood and Michael Yuri, outstanding lead actress in a play, Quincy Tyler Bernstein, uh, Mami Yaboafo, Carrie Kuhn, Kristen Milioti, and Karen Pittman. Then lead actor in a musical, Damon Duano, Stephen Ng, Terrence Mann, Wade McCollum, and James Sewell. Outstanding lead actress in a musical, Abigail Bingson, Ashley D. Kelly, Julie Nettle, Lauren Molina, and Ashley Park. And in the final category, I want to mention outstanding director. We have Lillian Blaine Cruz, Michael Greif, Ann Kaufman, Lila Neugebauer, and Lee Silverman. That means four of the five nominees for the Lucille Lortel Award for Outstanding Director are women. I would be surprised if the Tony Awards, the award for Broadway directing, um, had four women in the past four seasons. So maybe Broadway has something to learn from off-Broadway. But congratulations to all of them. We'll have all of the nominees in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Real quick, the previously announced honorary awards, the Lifetime Achievement Award, will go to playwright and performer Eve Ensler. The playwright's sidewalk inductee will posthumously be awarded to Michael Friedman. And the award for Outstanding Body of Work will go to the WP Theater. In some awards tangential news, yesterday we also learned that Michael Urey, who is nominated for like 97 off-Broadway shows last year, um, will return as the host for the 63rd annual Drama Desk Awards. James, I'm sure you were heavily involved in making that selection as a voter and a member. This year's Drama Desk Awards will be held on Sunday, June 3rd at 8 p.m. at Town Hall. And then also um, some of my colleagues over at Broadway World put together this calendar of all of the awards information you need to know, when the nominations come out, when the ceremony is, who the host is, how you can watch, all of that stuff, anything that's already been announced. So if you want to keep track of that, we will have that link in the show notes at broadwayradio.com as well. That is a very, very handy little thing to print out and put in your pocket. You think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the kids are like, paper? Why would you use paper? <laughs> All right. Uh, show and casting news. What do we have here? Okay, yesterday, the uh, New York Theatre Workshop announced its uh, five productions that will be part of its 2018-2019 season and the first production of their 2019-2020 season. I will run through those real quickly as well. The first show will be What the Constitution Means to Me by Heidi Schreck. Then it will be followed by Slave Play by Jeremy O'Harris. Then we'll have Hurricane Diane by Madeline George. That will be directed by Lee Silverman. Then we'll have Sanctuary City by Martina Mayock. And then we'll have a new work by Anna DeVere Smith, which is always great to see something new from her. And then the first show of uh, the 20. 2019-2020 season will be Run Boy Run and In Old Age by uh, Mfanzi Udofia. Oh, man, I screwed that up yesterday too, but I'm I'm trying. Um, this is uh, another pair of her plays in her nine-part series, The Ufote Cycle. Um, her portmanteau was one of them from last year at New York Theatre Workshop, so she'll be kicking off the 2019-2020 season. So very cool there. We'll have all the information in the show notes for that as well. Then in other news yesterday, 
uh, Fathom Events announced that the off-Broadway smash hit Puffs, which I believe is one of the Harry Potter parodies, but I can never keep them all straight because there's like 37 of them, that will be screened live or will be screened live to tape in movie theaters across the country twice next month, first on Wednesday, May 9th at 7 p.m. and Saturday, May 12th at 12.55 p.m. All times are local. You can go to FathomEvents.com to see what participating theaters are in your area and you can buy tickets there or at your individual theater box office. And then sticking in this section, we're going to stay with things on screen. Yesterday it was announced that the new Terrence McNally Center documentary, Every Act of Life, will have its world premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival coming up later this month at, on April 23rd. It is a uh, documentary that goes through five decades of Terrence McNally's journey in the American theater, the struggle for LGBT rights, triumph over addiction, the power of the arts to shape society, and finding love and inspiration at all ages. The documentary will include interviews and performances by some of the biggest names uh, in theater and even beyond, including F. Murray Abraham, Zoe Caldwell, Tyne Daly, uh, Joe Mantello, Rita Moreno, Stanley Tucci, Brian Cranston, Meryl Streep, and more. So um, if you want to get some more information on that, I'm not sure how the Tribeca Film Festival does tickets, but that would be a very cool thing to be one of the first people to see. Um. You know, the Tribeca Film Festival, you have to buy a festival ticket, and then you, after you buy the festival ticket, then you sign up for the movies based upon the priority of your ticket, and then at the very end, if there's any seats left over, they will sell them to the general public, but um, usually for anything that's good, you can't get in unless you're part <laughs> of the festival. So Sounds very complicated. Yeah, it is. You kind of need a slide rule. All right. Um, Daniela, what about this week's theater throwback? Tell us what's going on. Yes. So today uh, we're going back to April 6th, 1947, which was the night of the first ever Tony Awards, which is a little timely. We had some awards talk on today's yeah. show. Um, so the Tonys were formed as a way to pay tribute to Antoinette Perry, who had passed away a year prior. Now, I could do a whole segment on her life and her career, and I'm betting I will at some point. But to keep things short, she was a highly acclaimed actress, director and producer, not to mention the co-founder of the American Theater Wing. Perry was absolutely adored by the theater community, so when she died, people started looking for a way to honor her. There were a few ideas tossed around. Some suggested naming an acting school after her, while others wanted to build a statue of her in Times Square. Eventually, eventually they settled on an annual award ceremony called the Antoinette Perry Awards for Excellence in Theater, or as we say now, the Tonys. The first ceremony was held in the Grand Ballroom of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in NYC, and it looked a lot different than the Tonys of today. First of all, they served food, which sounds wonderful. All 1,200 guests enjoyed a menu of lobster bisque, salted nuts, some fancy chicken dish, brown rice, asparagus, and a frozen souffle. This was included in the price of admission, which was only $7.50. That's awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine like uh, like the, the the people that are nominated now sitting in radio's uh, Radio City Music Hall with their frozen souffle, whatever the hell that is? <laughs> I mean, Great. Mark Rylance, Mark Rylance doing a, a a freeform jazz odyssey poem with his frozen souffle. I love it. Or or the salted <laughs> nuts, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so after about three hours of eating fancy food and watching performances from that season's musicals, the actual awards portion of the ceremony kicked off at midnight. There were a total of 11 regular Tonys handed out that night, and back then there didn't need to be a single best candidate in each category, so a couple of the acting categories actually did have two winners, and the whole thing was broadcast on local radio. There were also a handful of really interesting and weirdly specific special awards that night. Dora Chamberlain was awarded for her unfailing courtesy as treasurer of the Martin Beck Theater. Vincent Sardi earned an award for his ownership of Sardi's. And Arthur Miller won won an award for being the author of All My Sons. There was no best play category back then, so I guess that was their way of saying he wrote the best play by just giving him a special Tony. Also, I absent. Like that's kind of what Bruce Springsteen is going to get this year. They're going to give him the Arthur Miller <laughs> You're Awesome yeah. Award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, absent from the first Tony ceremony was the Tony Award itself. Winners were presented with a scroll, and for men, they got a gold money clip, and for women, they got a silver compact. It wasn't until two years later that the actual Tony statue was constructed and awarded to winners. That first ceremony was so wonderful that it became an annual event and quickly earned its place as the highlight of the New York theater season. After 20 years of awards in 1967, this ceremony had become big enough to broadcast on national television and, as we know, has gone on every year since. This year will mark the 72nd annual Tony Awards, and I don't know about you guys, but I think they should bring back the dinner. Mm, I mean, if I get to go, only if I get to go. True, true. Although we see what happens with like the the Golden Globes when they serve food, that also means that they serve alcohol. So I could deal with some theater people giving drunk acceptance speeches. That could be a Mm. ton of fun. (laughs) Spice things up a bit. You know, there's such a stigma for dinner theater. You know, I think we should bring bring it back and make it cool, you know? Yeah. Um, my little contribution to the uh, history of the Tony Awards is that um, is that Tonys.com used to be a little pizzeria place in Brooklyn. Uh, and everybody would try to go to Tonys.com for the Tony Awards because that's what you would do, you know? <laughs> and, was, and they got very angry. Hmm? I, will, I will tell you, Tonys.com is now a website for frozen pizzas. So I I think it's probably the same thing. Uh, Well, I I think that, uh, you know, some sort of large food uh, conglomerate bought it and is rolling out Tony's Tony's frozen pizzas there, but it was a little mom and pop uh, Tony uh, pizza place in Brooklyn years ago. Now, now I want pizza. Well, I always want pizza. (laughs) Don't you always want pizza? Yeah, it's like you with pie, it's me with pizza. I can eat it 24-7. Well, you know, pizza comes in pie form. That's true. It's the same thing. <laughs> well, all right, we better get out of here. So, uh, Matt, take us out. All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. You can subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Daniela, where are you at on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Daniela Parcel and on Instagram at Daniela Parcel OL. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thank you for uh, spending some of your Thursday with us, and Matt and I will come back and wrap up the week tomorrow. 